It's time to ignite your soul and unlock your full potential. Join us on Beneath the Helmet, the podcast exploring firefighters' health and wellness. Hosted by retired fire chief Arjuna George, our podcast is the perfect place to start your journey towards becoming the best version of yourself. So come on, let's join the conversation and find out what sets your soul on fire. All right, everyone, welcome back to Beneath the Helmet. I got a yeah, very special guest uh, on today's episode, uh, myself. I'm going to be sharing my story, my journey, my why, uh, what's brought me to where I am today, and share a little bit about my, my story and why I'm doing Beneath the Helmet and why I feel so passionate about what we talk about on the show. So welcome to episode number 23. I've been waiting for episode number 23 for quite some time now uh, because number 23 is my my favorite number. Uh, a lot of things changed in my life due to the number 23. For instance, my favorite basketball player growing up, Michael Jordan, number 23. Uh, he was kind of my idol uh, in regards to basketball, but also his leadership style uh, was also something I was definitely drawn to. And when I joined the fire service, my seniority number was number 23, and I had that for my entire career. And after that, all these certain things just kept popping up for number 23, uh, right up, you know, from birthdays to anniversaries to special contracts, getting signed to leaving the fire service, uh, all these different things, ironically, all happened with number 23. So that's why I'm kind of reserving this episode for my story and for my chance to share with you, uh, because I know that a lot of you ask questions about my story, and I think it's important to share that as well. So I think it's important to kind of almost paint the picture, start right back at the beginning. Uh, I grew up on Salt Spring Island, beautiful community, and love living here. Uh, it's a community on the west coast of Canada, uh, in British Columbia. And it's a community that is very rich in arts, in a lot of entrepreneurship happens on Salt Spring, uh, but it's also a very in-demand tourist location as well. So in the summer months, the island is a tourist mecca, and I'm proud to, to bring people to Salt Spring and show them the beauty of our island and our community. I grew up on Salt Spring Island with my parents. I was an only child, so I just had my mom and dad. And we moved in a couple different spots across the island and went to school here. And in grade, roughly around grade 10 or so, um, I started dating my high school sweetheart, which many people know, uh, Kathy George. And uh, we're celebrating our 29th uh, anniversary next year. It brings me a lot of happiness that we've been married so successfully for so long. Um, especially in the first responder world, as we know, divorces are extremely high. Uh, my wife, my partner, my best friend has been with me by my side 24-7. Got two amazing children, Bill and Monica, and they're adults now. And couldn't be more proud of who they've become, the adults they've become, what they stand for. Uh, so that's another Another good blessing in my life that my wife and my kids, my extended family are amazing people. 
I joined the fire service thanks to uh, a cousin of mine who just kind of said, yeah, you should really join this, this volunteer fire department. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's some great people there. You learn some really cool things. And I was like, oh, I just have brand new babies. I'm not quite sure if that's going to be a good fit for me right now. But after the birth of my daughter, so our second child, uh, it was a few months later and I finally said, okay, I think now's the time. And uh, with discussions with my wife, it was definitely uh, important to me to join this department. And uh, I think it was important for all of us to be on the same page. So I joined in 1997 uh, with the Salt Spring On Fire Department. It was the most incredible career uh, I could have ever wished for. The ironic thing is I never kind of meant to go into the world of fire. I meant to have a completely different path, which I'll talk about in a second. I joined in 1997. And what I really wanted to do, I had no intentions to become a career firefighter, fire chief, whatever that looks like. My, my thoughts, my plan, my agenda was to launch my own business. Uh, I wanted to open a restaurant and I wanted to be an executive chef. So I did lots of training on my own. I uh, cooked the family some wonderful meals. And that's the, that's the direction I was going. But when I joined the fire department, uh, something in me said, you have to do everything you possibly can to take care of your new family and come home to them at the end of the day. So what I did was I just, I trained and trained and trained, took every available course I possibly could. Uh, I kind of lived and breathed fire. And lo and behold, I, I wasn't planning this, um, but I guess all my effort that I put into it landed me the first career firefighter job on Salisbury Island. There was other chief officers that were career at the time, but I was the first firefighter. And like I said, I, I did not plan on, on joining the fire service to do it as a career, but my efforts to make sure I came home to my kids every day paid off in the long run. So I moved up the ranks. I went from firefighter straight to captain, training officer, and then assistant chief, deputy chief, and then finished off my career as the fire chief in my own hometown with my original fire department. I know for many, it's, it's a challenge to live and play and work in your own community. And it had tons of benefits for sure, no doubt about it. But it definitely, it, it weighed on me as well, being, especially in a small community, um, being such a high profile position and a high profile organization. That's kind of my, my story in a nutshell of uh, kind of where I came from up until the fire service. The fire service is a, an amazing organization. First responders across the world are amazing people. We, we all join for different reasons, but there's definitely some similarities between all of us. And for me, uh, I had a real passion for people. I have a real passion for helping and seeing people succeed and thrive and really flourish in what they're doing. So being a training officer um, early on in my career was one of the highlights for me uh, because I got a chance to really flex my creativity, flex my people skills, and really work with people uh, how they could learn different ways of learning and really just having fun while they're learning. I think that's a pretty critical uh, aspect, especially when you're in a volunteer fire setting. 
So when I joined the, the fire service, um, we were originally a volunteer fire service. And then we unionized in 2005. I was one of the founding members of the IAF 4467, uh, along with our president, Jamie Holmes, who's now the fire chief for South Maryland. And so I was the, in the union, the IAFF, for several years until I became the deputy fire chief. And that is when I left the union and joined the management team. Through our whole time of, of an organization, we always had a deputy fire chief. And when I became the fire chief, that position was unfilled. That void of having a second person in the management position uh, really put an extra strain on myself professionally and emotionally uh, as a toll on myself because I truly felt I didn't have anyone to bounce off ideas, reflect with, uh, troubleshoot with, problem solve with. I was kind of a lone soldier in a union atmosphere as well as a paid-on-call volunteer atmosphere. Uh, so I had many challenges um, being the sole management team of one uh, when I became the fire chief. I'm very happy to report now that Salt Spring has a deputy chief and a fire chief now. So that's that's good news. But this definitely part of the deputy chief lack was kind of the, the tipping point for my burnout, uh, and which is why I left the fire service. It kind of all started about a year or so into becoming a fire chief. Um, I commit a lot of time to the fire service. And what I did was I found out that I was committing so much time, so much energy that I was actually burning the candle at both ends. And, and there's several people that, that warned me and I heard them, but I didn't necessarily see it myself, uh, when I was going through it. Well, there are several times that really kind of, uh, painted a picture for me that my nervous system was struggling. Uh, one of those was a couple of vasovagal syncopedes where I physically just collapsed and passed out due to a nervous system basically overload. At the time, my mom had recently just passed away from cancer. My dad was in and out of the hospital trying to find him a safe place to live uh, because the house that he was in was no longer suitable for his age and his mobility. I just became the fire chief. Uh, there's so much things going on in life, teenage kids, uh, that it was just wearing me down day by day. And without the support of a deputy fire chief, it, uh, I just took on that extra weight, that extra load that was just un ultimately unbearable and uh, kind of the end of my career. But I tell many people this, but uh, June 23rd during the pandemic, uh, during the pandemic was a crazy time. I was on the phone 24-7, it felt like. I was in a meeting with uh, government officials, local officials, 24-7, it felt like. Uh, I truly felt that I had the whole safety of my organization, their families, their friends, the whole community, their safety on my shoulders. And as I, I say this, I truly you know, kind of, it's almost, almost silly that I even said that to myself, but in the time and the place, that is how I felt. I felt that I truly, I had the whole safety of my community on my shoulders during this pandemic. And leading up to that pandemic, of course, during wildfire seasons and, and other things like that. But it was really 10x during the pandemic. And on June 23rd, once again, number 23 pops up. Uh, I had no intentions of 
calling my boss, but I went out in the lawn, nice sunny day, walked out in the grass and called my boss and said, effective today, I need to take a stress leave. I just cannot uh, fathom another day going into the office. And that was the last day I ever went back to back to work. And there's a photo that I have of me taking a picture of the front of the fire hall in Ganges at our main central station the day before. And I, I take a lot of photos. I, I love taking pictures, especially of the fire stuff. And, but this picture was my last physical picture of me taking essentially my last day of my career with Salt Spring Fire. So here it is. So it's been a few years now, and uh, I've had a lot of amazing things happen to me over the last couple of years. I've connected with some amazing individuals across the world uh, due to my burnout uh, and my new kind of encore career. But the amount of connections that I had as a fire chief, I thought was very, very large. I felt very honored to know so many people across North America and the world in the fire world. But now my whole new uh, career and lifestyle has, has connected me with people across the world uh, in much richer, deeper conversations than I ever had as a fire chief. And I kind of boil that down to having the capacity to actually have a conversation now. To me, many years in the fire service, my energy level, my capacity, my mental capacity just wasn't there to have long, in-depth, deep, meaningful conversations with people. Uh, I tried. I really, truly tried. I'm a good listener, but my capacity had reached its limit years and years before. I just didn't have the capacity for long dialogue. I didn't have the capacity for short dialogue. Um, I just reached my max. And when I knew it, I knew it. And looking back on it now, I truly feel that um, burnout was a gift. That burnout has provided me with a life, with a whole new perspective of life, uh, what's important in life, but even more so how to develop and how to build a culture for my own business moving forward to support others live and thrive, healthy hires to healthy retires. That is my, that is my goal. That's my mission. And I said this at a recent conference that I was speaking at that I always thought the fire service was my calling. I thought that was what I was put on this earth to do. I thought that's what I was meant to do, uh, was to be a servant in the fire service. And with a lot of introspection, a lot of thinking, a lot of writing, I've come to the conclusion that the fire service was a stepping stone to my true calling. My true calling now and I'm sure this is going to change as my years go on as well. But my true calling now is to support others thrive in the fire service, thrive in their own careers, whatever they're choosing to do, love it and live it. So essentially that is kind of where I am now in my life is to, to see other people thrive, but look at life a little bit more holistically, look at life not just through the lens of a career mindset only. 
we're bigger than this. We're bigger than the fire service. We're bigger than all these things. We are a, a parent first. We are a brother or sister first. We're a partner first. Fire or any other emergency service that you're in shouldn't be everything you do 24 seven. And I learned that the hard way. And I'm just here to pass on my experience to hopefully help others listening to this podcast that there's more things to life than just fire. And you can see all around me, I'm, I'm surrounded by fire still, but I have now created a life of balance, of harmony, and an area that I can be pro-fire, but I can also turn it off and I can relax with my family. I can play games. I can go on vacation without thinking about fire, but then I can start a podcast beneath the helmet about fire. And that's totally fine. It's within my capacity. And now I have conversations with people that are very deep, that are very meaningful. It fills my bucket. And I know it provides a service to the other people who are I'm communicating with because they actually have a choice to, to express themselves, to be heard, to be seen. And I think that's pretty powerful, especially in today's culture. So what am I doing now? Well, I started Beneath the Helmet, uh, a podcast show for firefighters. Uh, but what I've heard over the last uh, you know, few months, that this has reached far beyond firefighters. This is now in the hands of uh, nurses, doctors, teachers, uh, other professionals, police officers, EMS paramedics. This is not just a firefighter podcast. The content that we share is all around firefighting. It's about making us better firefighters, elite firefighters, body and mind. But, but the content that's in these podcasts affects everyone. No matter what occupation you're doing, the content in this podcast can relate to almost everyone in the world. We all have certain traumas. We all have certain stresses. We all have uh, certain issues about self-development. And that is really what this podcast is about. And the name Beneath the Helmet, for those who haven't heard yet, so Beneath the Helmet is essentially a podcast about the mind, the body, and the spirit of being an elite firefighter. It's essentially everything beneath the helmet. So we talk a lot about leadership, uh, self-leadership, self-development, mental health, physical health, nutrition, sleep. It covers a lot of bases that we all struggle with daily. This is episode number 23. I've met some amazing individuals uh, who have shared their stories, their knowledge uh, through this platform. And if I could just ask for a, a favor to you is to share Beneath the Helmet with your friends and, and colleagues, because they can rest assured there's nuggets in these episodes that will help them uh, thrive in their lives and in their careers. So if I could just ask a favor as a fellow BTH community member, you can rate it, rank it on your favorite podcast platform. If you can subscribe on our YouTube channel, the more interactions, the better the algorithm, the farther our reach can go to support um, first responders and others across the globe. I'm brand new to podcasting. I'm just starting out. I have never done this before. Before launching Beneath the Helmet, I was on a handful of podcasts as an interviewee. And I just really enjoyed the conversations that we could have with people and this platform of being able to do it in my studio 
and get messages out across the world in a long format podcast form uh, is just incredible to me. So, but uh, starting the new year, I'm also going to launch a new second podcast. So this podcast at this moment, it's called Leading Self Podcast. And really what I am aiming to do in this podcast is lean a little bit more into the leadership realm of things. And it also will not be a first responder firefighter podcast. It will be open to anyone who wants to flex their leadership muscles, wants to become a better person themselves. So the self-leadership podcast is all about internal leadership. So how can you be a better person showing up to your family, to your work, uh, and in life in general? How can you make the best out of your life? How can you thrive in your life? Uh, that's all about personal self-development. That's all about personal self-leadership. So really, that's the, the theme of the next podcast coming out. So stay tuned for that. Um, it's going to be some exciting guests on there as well. And uh, there'll be a mixture of solo episodes as well as guest episodes. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, that will be out in 2024, I'm hoping. And I'd love any feedback you have on Beneath the Helmet or the concept behind the new podcast, Leading Self. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. What's working for you? What's not working for you? Are the episodes too long, too short? Uh, I'd love to hear some feedback. Because um, I, I really, truly want to make a, a podcast show that is the go-to for firefighters and professionals uh, in Beneath the Helmet and for emerging leaders and leaders themselves for the second podcast. For those who haven't checked it out yet, uh, Beneath the Helmet is on all major platforms, on YouTube, as well as our website that hosts all the episodes, as well as guest bios and other kind of information. Uh, and if you want to be a guest on the show, there's also a, a form that you can fill out and request to be on the show as well as a guest. Beneaththehelmet.ca is the website. Be sure to check it out. So in this whole podcast journey, there's been a few mentors of mine that I'd like to give a shout out to. Uh, one of those is Steve Green from Five Alarm Task Force. He's definitely been in my court supporting my podcast. His own podcast is very successful. I, it's a number of years has been out now. Uh, I had the fortune to be on a show, um, and I plan to be on there again in 2024 as well. He's been a mentor to me. Many people probably know his name and his podcast, but just want to give him a shout out. And if you haven't checked out his podcast, link will be in the show notes below. Another person is Nick Higgins with his five tool firefighter. I definitely feel that Nick has given me some, some tools and some insight. And he was one of my first kind of connections I built in the podcast world. So. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Jim Moss. Everyone knows the great leader, Jim Moss. His very successful book and very successful podcast, Firefighter Success. Another mentor of mine who I've learned from listening through his episodes, communicating back and forth, as well as uh, just listening to his, his great podcast and his amazing book. So both of those will be in the show notes as well. Be sure to check out Jim Moss, Firefighter Success. Um, top, top notch. Andy Clark, another fellow Canadian first responder advocate and podcaster. 
911 Lifestyles is her company. And she's really been also another person in my court. Uh, we bounce off ideas. She's really big into the fitness aspect of, of being a firefighter and the aspect of sleep and nutrition, supplements, and tracking our fitness levels. Uh, she's got some great content out there about wearables, and uh, she's definitely a good person to connect with. And I'm sure there's other podcasts that I've I've kind of reached out and got little uh, tips and nuggets from. So I just want to thank all those who have kind of supported Beneath the Helmet and also as well as my kind of introduction into the podcast world. So much love, appreciated, and uh, keep up the good work to everyone who's in this world. Another person that I really truly feel I've connected with is Keith Hanks. Keith Hanks, I've had on the show a couple times. He's had me on the show, and he truly is a a person who is just out there to make sure that other people don't go through what he went through in life. Uh, he's there to share his story, share his tools, and to squash the stigma out there. So many amazing people. Essentially, everyone from episode one to episode twenty-two. Uh, are amazing individuals, and I highly recommend uh, listening to all those episodes. Some serious nuggets in each and every one. So I'd like to venture into my why. So why did I start a podcast in the first place? The reason I started a podcast was I wanted to stay connected in the fire service world. Uh, since retiring as a fire chief, I didn't want to lose that connection because I still, I truly feel I have a huge place in my heart for the fire service. And I wanted the opportunity to to share my story and the story of others and to be part of the solution versus the problem. I want to make, you know, I obviously have a, a passion about mental health and, and leadership, and I want to form those all together that leadership is mental health and mental health is leadership. Without a healthy organization, without a healthy uh, mind and body, we can't have elite performance. We can't have elite firefighters. We need good mental health. We need good leadership in the fire service. And my aim is to help support the birth of that. My aim is to support the growth of that discussion. I'm not the only one out there. There's tons of amazing people. Everyone on this podcast has been advocates of leadership and mental health together. But I think as a team, as an army, as a tribe moving forward, we can really make a difference in improving the fire service. Like one of my guests said once, I don't like the word change the fire service or change our culture. Let's just improve our culture because our culture has a lot of amazing things in it. It's rich in history. Let's improve our culture. And the way I want to see it improve is to bring back the human aspect to the fire service uh, humanize the fire service culture take care of our people take care of their well-being because if we have all those things in place we have good firefighters who are well taken care of their mind and body is in top shape they are going to be best public servants we could ever ask for so that's kind of my why that's kind of why i created this I also want to step out of my comfort zone, I guess, and flex that muscle of trying something new, trying something totally different, uh, practicing on my speaking, practicing on my delivery in front of a camera, 
but I also have a why of why I wrote my book, Burnt Around the Edges, why I started coaching, why I started TRE practice, why I started writing for blogs, for magazines. There's a whole bunch of reasons why I do the things I do. Uh, so let's break it down. Burnt Around the Edges is my, my first book of many. Uh, I have another one in the works right now with Dr. Linda Hoops. She's going to be co-authoring a book about firefighter resilience with me. That should be expected at the end of 2023 or early 2024. Uh, a short book on the challenges of firefighter resilience, but not just the challenges, some tools and techniques to become a more resilient firefighter. So stay tuned for that one. But my first book, Burnt Around the Edges, it came out October 31st, 2022. So we're coming up to one year since being out there. And we sold thousands of copies across the world, um, right from Canada, US, all the way to Australia. I feel very humbled to have my story out there. Uh, it's a very raw, kind of very authentic, very vulnerable book. Uh, but I saw no other way to write a book like this. There's no point in sugarcoating my story. There's no point in, in leaving parts out that I felt were embarrassing or anything like that. No, it's, it's all in there. My whole story is in there. And the reason I did that was to help other people who see themselves in that book. And that's been some of the best compliments I've got about the book is that people are reading it and they see themselves in this book, or they've said that it's a book that I wrote about their lives. And as much as that sucks to hear, it's also very humbling that my book hopefully will make a difference in their lives. My book will hopefully open their, their eyes to what they're going through a little bit deeper a little bit more clarity without having to burn out and they can enjoy the rest of their careers thriving versus burning out. So that was my hope with that. Uh, I really didn't care if I sold more than one book. Um, as long as I could help at least one person that was, that paid the bill for the publishing. But obviously it, it's done much more than that. And right now it's in its second revision being released uh, probably in a couple of weeks from now from this episode release. So we're looking at October, November of 2023. This new revision will have one bonus chapter, chapter 23, as well as some corrections and, and quick little edits that uh, I didn't catch the first time. And many know me as a perfectionist, and uh, along with perfection comes procrastinator. And I'm trying to work around all those, and that's kind of been my focus in the last few years. But Burnt Around the Edges was one of those moments where I, I left perfectionism at the door because I wanted to put this book out there into the world without sitting on it for two, three, five years. Uh, and it's not perfect. There's, there's errors in it. And um, if, you've, if you've noticed them, don't worry, I've noticed them too. Uh, but that was me flexing that muscle of testing the waters, putting it out there, being vulnerable. Uh, taking a risk without having it to be totally 100% perfect. So that was uh, that was an experiment, and uh, I'm so glad I did it. So if you haven't read Burnt Around the Edges, um, definitely it's it's still out on Amazon, first edition, as well as Google and Apple Books. And within probably by the end of 2023, 
I should have physical copies in my hands of the second revision uh, that I can sign and, and send off to you as well. If you're interested, make sure you check out burntaroundtheedges.com for the latest updates on the book. Any of you might have heard me talk about TRE on the podcast, but I've never had the opportunity to kind of dive into what TRE is. TRE is tension slash trauma release exercises. And what TRE did for me, put it bluntly, it probably saved my life. It put me on a whole new trajectory of self-care and living life how I was meant to live life. So TRE is, is a neurogenic tremor process where your body actually shakes from the inside out. Uh, some people call it, feels like an internal massage, but it's your nervous system actually initiating a tremor through your body. And I got a very important person in my community, Martin Derry, who was my massage therapist, but also my TRE provider. And Martin, after doing some massage, he said, I really think that you could benefit from some TRE. And I was like, well, I've heard of it before. I know a couple of firefighters have tried it. And I just never thought that I needed it per se. And so we booked the next session. And after that session, I felt like a million bucks. I felt like I was floating out of her office. My nervous system had calmed down. My mind was calm. I felt energized, but also in a very calm state at the same time. After the second session, same kind of results. I felt just amazing leaving that. And the experience of feeling your body during the tremors is, is something else as well. So during the tremor, but also after the tremor, the feeling is just incredible. So I said, I, I'm fully on board. I am beginning. You know, I'm going to become certified in, in TRE and uh, spread this, spread this word across my first spawner community, the fire world, um, but also to anyone who, who is struggling with nervous system dysregulation. So I became a TRE provider through TRE Canada. Uh, it's like a year long process. And now I have, it's part of my modality that I, I offer to clients. So locally, I, I work out of a integrative health clinic called Madrona uh, that I teach TRE to, to people in my community, but I also teach online uh, firefighters from across the world, uh, the practice of TRE and how they can re-regulate their nervous system and start to thrive once again. So it's a modality that um, I truly feel is somatic. It's one of those ones where you don't have to think, um, you don't have to relive. It's very, the opposite of talk therapy. Uh, talk therapy, you have to kind of rehash and relive the experiences that you went through, uh, which have a time and place, 100%. Uh, therapy is, is part of your self-care toolkit. But TRE offers a different aspect where it's a somatic process where you don't have to think about the trauma or the stress or the tension that you have in your body, your body's own intelligence will take care of that. So TRE, definitely highly, highly recommend it. Uh, I am now a provider. I can, I can support you over Zoom uh, in the comfort of your own home or the fire station, whatever that looks like, and bring you through a TRE session. And after a few of those, you 
you now have a self-care tool that you have in your back pocket for the rest of your life. Once you understand the basics of the exercises and the regulation aspect of it, it's a self-care tool for you for the rest of your life. I still, this is going on to year three for TRE for my own self-care tool. And I, I practice TRE on a regular basis, at least once a week now, uh, sometimes multiple times a week. So if you're interested, uh, let's connect. I'm happy to uh, show you or even have a little bit more in-depth conversation about what TRE is. But if you think TRE is a fit for you or a friend or a colleague that you know, uh, reach out to either myself or, or look for a TRE provider in your own hometown. Because uh, it really, truly will. If you have an open mind, if you're willing to kind of be a little vulnerable, a little bit open, let your body do its magic, uh, it will regulate your nervous system. Pretty profound, pretty profound. So my final why uh, that I wanted to share is why I started coaching. To me, I think through my whole career, I, I was coaching. I was helping a lot of people, not just in the fire service, but in their lives with their families, their partners, their kids. Uh, I felt my role many, many times uh, in the fire service as a coach. But I really didn't have the, the grasp of what coaching truly was. Um, but I felt that I was definitely doing coaching aspects as a fire chief, as a fire officer. I really wanted to take this program at Royal Roads University uh, for years. I really wanted to uh, learn the ins and outs of being a coach. But I truly felt that it was something that was probably not going to happen for a long time. Um, maybe once I retired from the fire service, maybe in my 50s, 60s, whatever that looked like. Uh, maybe I'd look into coaching as a, you know, a little side thing to do. But as the cards kind of fell and um, my career at the fire service kind of ended abruptly and, and earlier than expected, coaching kind of fell into my lap as, as an option. And I truly felt that I was uh, on the right path, that this was what I was meant to do. The Royal Roads program in Victoria, BC is, is by far one of the best coaching institutes uh, that I've been a part of or heard of, you know, especially in Canada. It's an incredible uh, opportunity. It was about nine months of very in-depth schooling, lots of coaching, lots of self-reflection. And it just kind of fit with who I am. I, I'm trying to be here as an authentic person who wants to truly connect with people. I want to learn more about myself. I want to learn more about why I tick and what makes me tick. I didn't want to go down the, the therapy or counseling career path. Um, and just for the pure fact that I, I didn't want to pollute my brain with more trauma um, than I had already in my career. I wanted to end up being a positive career where I could support people moving forward in life uh, versus covering things that happened in their past. So that's really where coaching kind of settled for me was to uh, really help people move past their obstacles, their biases, their blind spots, um, just open their eyes to what really truly was in front of them. Because every, every person that I know has the answers within them. It's just, maybe buried under layers and layers of biases or blind spots. 
And so for the opportunity for me to go through university there, Royal Roads, to come back and start my own business, Silver Arrow Coaching, uh, has provided me everything I want in life as a career. I now get the chance to speak, do keynote speeches across North America. Uh, I'm doing workshops on stress and well-being and leadership. I've been writing about it in special fire service industry magazines in Canada, Firefighting Canada and Canadian Firefighter Magazine. I've been guest blog post writers for different organizations. Uh, I have a frequent blog that I post to as well. And that's all around the the mindset of self-development, self-leadership, mental health. Because uh, like I said before, all that is is leadership. So now I'm living my dream job of supporting those in the fire service and outside the fire service to live their best lives. That's my, that's my goal. That's my aim. That brings me joy. That brings, fills my bucket. Uh, so that is my why of, of doing that. I, I truly feel like I found what I'm supposed to do. And then I guess there's my, my company that I think I should maybe share a little bit about uh, silver arrow coaching and consulting. It's a organization that's built around my name. So Arjuna is a ancient Indian name from a book called the Bhagavad Gita. And in that story, it's an ancient story that uh, is kind of considered uh, one of the most elite stories in Indian culture. And Arjuna was one of the main characters in that um, book and story. He was a chariot driver as well as a, a warrior and he was very skilled in archery. So when I was developing my business, I was trying to think of a name for it. And Arjuna in Sanskrit means silver, bright, or white. And so I was like, all right, well, if Arjuna means silver, bright, or light, I like that. Let's, let's work with that. So that's where silver came from. And then the arrow aspect, there's twofold reasons why it's silver arrow. Uh, the first one is Arjuna in this in this book in the story was a nurture, uh, a masterful one. He was a warrior, and that really resonates with me. And so the arrow aspect of Silver Arrow came into play. But as a coaching and consulting business, what the arrow also represents for me is moving people forward in life, um, projecting people in that direction to success, to happiness, to wealth, whatever that looks like. So that's the birth of silver arrow kind of all stems from my name and it's kind of a hidden kind of gesture, but, um, I really, it truly fits with me and I get tons of compliments on the name and, and also the local design. So it's been fun to be a part of that. So that's kind of a little bit of story about where I came from, who I am and what brought me to writing a book, having a podcast, launching a new podcast, and my kind of my mission moving forward. I posted on some social media a few weeks ago about uh, what people would like to hear from me. And I got several comments back to ask different questions uh, about my story and my, who I am. So one of the first ones is uh, from Wayne, a good buddy of mine. He's interested to hear if any efforts you have made to help others that are struggling have taken any toll on yourself. Thanks, Wayne, for the question. I think that's a good one because that's kind of my life now is, is that aspect of self-care. Self-care was never, never really on my radar, honestly, uh, as a 
fire chief. I, I thought I, you know, ate well, drank well, um, got the sleep I, I thought I needed, but looking at hindsight, no, I was not taking care of myself. I was worried about everyone else, uh, but not myself. And the interesting thing is this, this new encore career that I'm in supporting other people, hearing about their stories, about their challenges. It, uh, it inspires me and it, it allows me to, to help them in a very positive way where I don't have to own it. As a fire chief, I definitely felt that I owned uh, a lot of people's struggles, challenges, um, sadness, emotions, whatever that was. I kind of, I, I felt that I owned that. It's not a healthy way to be. That's not what I wanted to happen. But that's how it, it ended up for me. And I truly feel, uh, thanks to Wayne's question here, it kind of sparked my thoughts of how, how am I able to take care of myself while I'm still having these tough conversations with people, talking about stress, talking about burnout, talking about trauma, talking about mental health that are all things that are, it can be challenging to, to go through, to relive, to talk about. But I feel I've processed it so well. I feel like I've taken lots and lots of time to actually be with myself and understand my triggers, my my areas that I was blind to. Uh, and this all this was all done through getting coached myself. Uh, I wasn't able to do this all by myself. This was definitely a team approach. I had an army of people trying to help me and support me to get me back on track. And one of those was I had several coaches that supported me uh, to let me see life in a different perspective. And Wayne's question here is, is kind of like, I don't know, I don't know the answer exactly, but I know I don't own it anymore. After I finish a coaching conversation, I am there hundred percent with those people during the call. But after that call, I close my laptop and I'm able to move on to the next thing. Um, it's a boundary, I guess. Uh, I set boundaries that I don't own that. I don't work around the clock. I don't take home their issues. I don't take home challenges. Um, I'm my commitment to my clients is I am going to show up 100% ready to hear you, listen to you, let you be seen, provide you any guidance I can show up to the best of my ability, healthy, happy, in a good attitude. But after that, I'm able to shut that off. I'm able to close that off from my mind and move on to the next thing. And I think that's where maybe some people get stuck in um, supporting other people is they forget about themselves. But I think I went through the experience. I've learned my lesson. And now I, that's part of my life is that self-care aspect. Um, now it is part of my everyday self-care. Uh, I make sure that I have protected time in my calendar. I make sure that I am not coaching back-to-back, -back, you know, 10 clients a day. I am making sure that I am getting outside, I'm playing, I'm having fun. Uh, I'm spending time with my wife, my kids, my dog, uh, getting a chance to go see my dad. There's all these different things that I never really got to totally take advantage of and, and be a part of. So anyways, Wayne, thanks for the question. 
uh, at this moment in time. Luckily, I do not feel that I, it takes a toll on me. If anything, it energizes me and makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. I'm spending my energy on the right things in life. Um, so yeah, it's, it's done nothing but provide me energy and joy. So thanks for the question. So I had another question, uh, this came in from Tom, another good buddy of mine in the fire service in the States. And he asked about, can you go into a little bit more detail about what coaching is and how it could help fire chiefs and first responders. So Tom, uh, essentially what I, I truly feel that coaching was one of the the processes, modalities, whatever you want to call it, that really allowed me to get out of a dark place to allow me to see light at the end of the tunnel and stop what I was doing. Honestly, um, the fire service that I was the, the part that I was in the time, everything that I was involved in the fire service wasn't healthy for me anymore. Wasn't fitting who I am as a person anymore. And I think coaching allowed me to see that and then see that it was okay to leave the fire service. There's so many people out there that they get stuck in the fire service world. And they think when they join at 19, 20 years old, that they have to stay there until they're 55 years old, 60 years old, whatever that looks like. And I kind of broke the mold on that. I left in my mid forties and I truly feel that that's okay. The fire service doesn't have to be your whole career. You can put in 20, 30 years, you can put in 10 years and still make a huge impact in the world, in your community, and then do something totally different after that. And there's no shame. There's no guilt in that. Um, I think that's healthy. I, I don't see any shame in that. So coaching allowed me to see that that wasn't shameful but I didn't have to carry the guilt of leaving the fire service, leaving my brothers and sisters. But I also think that my encore career helped me get out of that process as well. Because leaving the fire service, uh, yeah, it was, it was not a fun time. I was not expecting that. I did not uh, appreciate how I, how I left. But on the flip side, it allowed me to see that I could, I could give back to the fire service in other ways and coaching, consulting, workshops, keynotes, podcasting, writing are all ways that I can help the fire service grow and improve the culture of. So yeah, if you've never been coached, uh, coaching is a very powerful modality. Um, it allows you to, to really truly feel and, and know yourself that much better. Uh, so I highly recommend if you've never had a coach, find a coach. Uh, find one that you resonate with. Uh, it's it's just like going to the doctor. It's just like therapy. It's just like going to the dentist. This part, this person, this coach of yours is essentially a cheerleader for you. It's essentially somebody in your court all the time making sure that you succeed. They're there to help you with every challenges you're going through. They're there to support you, to celebrate your successes. It's somebody in your court all the time. So thanks for the uh, question there. I, I truly feel that um, coaching is something everyone should try. Try it once. And if you don't, uh, if you don't connect or you don't feel a need for it, hold off because the day will come where coaching will change your life. 
But I got another question here from Brian. Uh, he's talking about, uh, he wants to know what's next for, for myself, um, the books, everything like that. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for the question, Brian. Um, what, what I wrote down to your, to your question was, uh, there's a lot of things on my, on my go. Um, I've definitely set my soul on fire and I truly feel like I'm, I'm making headway on a lot of cool things. So what's next? I got, uh, like I said, that new podcast coming out, uh, writing a couple of new books, uh, revisions of Burnt Around the Edges, that co-authoring one with Dr. Hoops. And then I also have about two or three other ones that are kind of in the mix, as well as a whole bunch of series of eBooks that I'm working on right now. Uh, the Kind of the first series will be about habit building. And habit building is all going to be, it's going to be a mini series on building different habits. Uh, that to create a healthy lifestyle for you. So stay tuned for all those. Uh, I also got a lot of uh, requests for a workbook to accompany my book, Burnt Around the Edges. Uh, so that is in the final stages of being done, and that should be done probably in the new year. Uh, but it'll be a workbook that's almost equally the same size as the actual original book that will kind of go into more detail in some areas, but also give you an opportunity to be kind of hands-on and kind of interactive as a workbook would be uh, to help you once again thrive in life and uh, not become burnt out and if you are burnt out this workbook and the, my book will help you recover faster so anyways thanks brian appreciate that it's been it's been quite a couple of years i really appreciate the support and everything there i uh, also have a couple of very cool workshops coming up in the new year uh, for fire departments, but also for general public, uh, sharing my experiences around TRE and the power of uh, somatic work, nervous system regulation. So I think that's, uh, that's a wrap for me. This will be live on, what is it? What's the 23rd today? Look at that. I'm recording this on the 23rd of October. Once again, 23 comes up again. So 24th of October. This will be in the hands and in the ears of people across the world. So I really want to appreciate um, all my mentors, my guests. I've had some incredible guests, so big kudos and thank you to every one of you. Uh, I want to thank you for supporting my book, Burnt Around the Edges, and for all my coaches that have supported over the last couple of years who are listening right now. Uh, it's been a true honor to work with you and see you grow as an individual and as a leader. So if you want to learn more about coaching, if you want to learn more about TRE, if you want to learn more about my business in general, uh, please feel free to reach out to silverarrowco.com. That's silverarrowco.com. You can also email me at arjuna at silverarrowco.com. That's arjuna, A-R-J-U-N-A at silverarrowco.com. So thank you for uh, sticking with me in this episode. I uh, hopefully I kind of filled on some gaps of who I am as a person, my mission, my values, who I stand for as a person, and a bit about my story of Beneath the Helmet and my books and everything like that. So it's been an honor and uh, hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you next time uh, for episode number 24 with another very special guest. So until next time, stay well. 
Thank you for tuning in to Beneath the Helmet. We hope that this podcast has provided you with valuable insights into the world of firefighters' health and wellness. Remember, caring for your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being is crucial to achieving optimal performance. Join us next time on Beneath the Helmet for more inspiring conversations. Until then, stay well.